What is up, families? Dr. Dale, the author of How to Raise a Doctor, Wisdom from Parents Who Did It, and author of Pre-Med Mondays. Both books are available on Amazon.com, so make sure you grab your copies there. And of course, you are listening to the Black Men in White Coats podcast, a place where black male clinicians have the platform to share their stories with listeners like you. I'm super excited about our guest today, another medical student. I'm going on a little med student run here. <laughs> One of the things that people always tell me is, Dr. Dale, you've got to get some younger people on your podcast, on your videos, on everything you do, so the youth watching it can better relate. I guess I guess people like me are becoming old heads now, and we're not relatable to anymore. Anyways, that's what we've got today. We've got a medical student. I'm going to introduce you to him here in a second, but before I do, I just want to say thank you you thank you thank you thank you thank all of you thank you thank you thank you why am i thanking you because our kickstarter was a huge success a huge success i made i made an ask and you guys came through i made an ask we were well you all know we're raising funds to film a feature-length documentary black men in white coats called rise up rise up the story of black men in white coats it's going to be amazing i mean we've already got plans and some ideas and stuff. it's going to be amazing but of course, these things take money. We're making a real film here, guys. And a real film is expensive. And, you know, to get the ball rolling, is going to cost a lot more than this. But just to get the ball rolling, we had to do the Kickstarter campaign. So we put a number out there. We said, hey, guys, we need this much money. Can you guys give? And we gave you guys 30 days. And you gave, 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 and gave. And we broke the goal. Um, It was amazing. And. I'll tell you, I'd be lying if I said that I didn't have some moments where I was just sitting back and I was like, wow, what just happened here? This many people really came to bat. This many people are really feeling what we're doing. This many people are really into this whole idea of getting, you know, resources and motivation, inspiration, and equipping our youth. It's amazing. It's very touching. Um, I say thank you, guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I can say thank you all day. For the rest of the episode, I was even going to make an entire episode just to thank you guys, but I said, let me not do that. Um, you guys are going to get tired of me saying it, but I really do appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. Now we have the funds to get started on the projects, which getting started is always the hardest part, and we'll be able to get things moving, and we'll go out there, we're going to get some more funds from our other um, sources and such, and we're going to make a film that I really want you guys to be proud of. Um, anyway, so thank you guys. Really appreciate it. Love you guys for doing that. Love you guys for backing. We're going to do everything we can to make you proud and to meet the needs of the community. All right. Now, let me get into this episode. Let me get into this episode. We have Mr. Narnell Gordon, and he is a third-year medical student. Now, a lot of great things in this episode, a lot, a lot of great things in this episode, but I'm going to tell you easily the biggest thing, and this might be one of my favorite things I've seen on the podcast, is his heart for to serve his heart to serve um i'm really big on that you guys probably heard me say before luke twelve forty eight. that's my verse i love it to whom much is given much is required of and right from the bat when you start listening to a story you're going to hear how his whole mindset is about serving helping other people thinking about others first on diversemedicine.com if you guys are pre-medical students or medical students or clinicians and you're not on diversemedicine.com please Make sure you get on diversemedicine.com and make your accounts there, www.diversemedicine.com. On that site, I just posted a blog up uh, this past week about take your get off selfie mode. So the entire blog is about this whole idea of get your life off selfie mode. Where you put your phone on, right now, if you put your phone on and you put your camera on, just do it right now. Is it on selfie mode? <laughs> Can you see a picture of you or do you see that 
the whatever's pointing in the other direction, right? So get your life off selfie mode. I wrote that blog last week. If you haven't read it, go go to the site diversemedicine.com and check it out. But listen to student Dr. Gordon's story. His life is not on selfie mode. That's what I love about it. His life is about helping other people, and it's all about serving. And you're gonna hear it. It started at home. It started with his parents. His parents, you know, they they demonstrated that for him. They gave him something to emulate, something to to be like. And you see it. You can hear it. You know, you can feel it in his story. How important serving others is, and that's the way I wish all clinicians were. Not just clinicians, everybody. We should be focused on helping other people. But you're gonna hear it in this episode. Um, I'm going to stop ranting. Oh, I'm going to give one more shout out. I'm going to give a shout out to Caden Drain. Caden Drain, he is a high school student. And last week, um, you know, a, a TV show came down to town to Dallas to do some filming stuff with us. And Caden Drain and his mother, Ms. Drain, came out and they filmed with us. So big props to you guys. Big shout out to you, Caden. I know you listen to the podcast. So, so shout out to you. Kudos. Keep rocking. Keep doing your thing. And go on and become one of the world's greatest doctors. All right. Now, let me roll into the story. Mr. Darnell Gordon here, third year medical student, heart of a servant. Check it out. Hello, everybody. My name is Darnell Gordon, and I am a third year medical student at Loma Linda University School of Medicine in California. And um, I'll be talking a little bit about how I got into medicine and kind of my journey so far and um, some of my my, my goals and aspirations out there along the way. Um, so I never really saw myself going into medicine. I didn't grow up always wanting to be a doctor um, per se, but I was very influenced, um, especially by my mother, but by my general family, um, in the, with the idea or, um, to kind of help other people. Uh, I think, um, yeah, from growing up, I'd always see my mom, um, as a single parent, you know, she would go and help the homeless or give time, like, I used to get mad at my mom because she would give too much. I always felt like she was giving too much of herself. Like, you know, whenever anyone needed something, she would be the first one to go out and do it. And I just kind of watched that. Or even my family um, in general, like, let's say once somebody was in the hospital or anything happened, the whole family would be there to help. Or it was just that that constant theme of giving back and giving back to society. And I felt like those um, those values were pushed into me from when I was very young without even realizing it. And those helped to set the stage for me ultimately deciding to go into medicine. So here's kind of the story and the journey. And I hope that it encourages, um, those who are thinking about going into the field and also those who may be in it already, um, just to continue and to rem- a reminder why, um, we should value this field, but also, you know, how important it is in, um, and how important it is to, to, I guess I'd say like, you know, not be so caught up in our own lives that we forget that as, uh, one of our main missions on this earth should be to, to help our fellow man. So 
Um, here we go. So my, when I was about 13 or so, um, my mom, she got into a car accident and um, she suffered a traumatic brain injury. And that was very challenging um, for me to go through at the time because um, like following the, the, so at first, you know, it was just the initial shock that that happened. Um, okay. And then it was like one night I walked into her room uh, and she was just shaking and shaking and shaking. And I didn't know what to do. I, I was just so afraid and I just held on to her. I was like, mom, stop shaking, you know, stop shaking. And she just wouldn't stop. And that's when I witnessed my mom's first seizure. And she continued to have seizures and they would happen at random times. Um, one actually happened while she was driving and she had to stop driving. And um, it was just so scary because I didn't know when it would happen. And, and then um, there was this one time where she had a seizure and and then it was like she she blanked out and I I just I didn't know if I was gonna lose her and it was just like that constant fear like am I gonna lose my mom? Am I gonna lose my mom? And um during this time because because like the medication she was on, um she was being very forget like um her short term memory was was um very bad and she had to actually um and also because of the um the seizures I mean, the, the fact that we didn't know when they were going to happen, she had to um, leave her job. And so it was kind of a tough time for us. And we ended up moving in with our, uh, moving back in with my grandparents. And I just remember that was the first time where I really had an experience with um, the medical field and um, kind of seeing the impact that you can make in those fields so I just remember um like my mom going and visiting the, uh, her neurologist um, at different times I remember going to the hospital after she'd had a seizure at different places and she'd have to go to the hospital and they check um check up on her and just interacting with nurses um I remember even her neurosurgeon um which um I guess is a little bit down the line but um she ended up having to have surgery uh, on, um, have brain surgery. Um, and I'll touch into a little bit about that later. Uh, but I guess that the whole idea is going into, um, college. Uh, I, I really didn't know what I wanted to do, but, you know, just kind of knowing that a, you know, my mom wasn't doing too well and I needed to be able to, I felt like I wanted to be able to support her in the way that she's given, you know, to me and helped to, you know, get me to where I was, where I am today. Um, and also, you know, I just, like I said, the, at the very beginning, the values that my family instilled into me, you know, just to give and to help others. It's like, you know, that was just ingrained into me. And so what happened, um, it's kind of a funny story. Um, so I went to school at Oakwood University in Huntsville, Alabama, and um, you may not know about the school, but it's a vegetarian campus and I did not grow up vegetarian. Um, <laughs> and at least when I was there, the, 
the calf food wasn't the best. I know that since then they've you know been working on it, so I don't want to knock uh, my um, alma mater, uh, but <laughs> uh, they they have you know they've been it wasn't the best when I was there. You know, to be to be very frank. Um, so um, our professor, uh, what for my bioscience. Um, like it's just basic, like basic science class. Um, because the thing is, um, I'm half Jamaican and half Guyanese and, um, growing up Caribbean, uh, there's a lot of pressure academically and, uh, it really wouldn't fly, you know, if I went to college and was like, yeah, I just want to be undecided. You know, that just doesn't fly in my home. So, um, my dad who, um, even though like I did grow up with my mom, my dad was, um, and my parents are not together, um, but they definitely, my dad was always there to support me, and I definitely appreciate him and, you know, the role that he's played in my life, too. Um, but my dad, he, he does computer science work, and so um, he's an um, IT specialist, so I decided to um, to to, do, to just do that. Um, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I just felt like it was something safe, and I could make some good money to be able to support my mom and also to, you know, have a good career. I was good. Um, and so I was taking this science class and my professor, he's like, he, he's also Caribbean. He's Trinidadian. And, um, so, I mean, as a Caribbean, this is going to mean a lot more, more, you know, unless you kind of already know about this. Uh, but, um, he was basically saying that I know you guys may be tired of the cat food, but I'm going to be cooking food and having like a, basically a worship at his house. Um, and there's going to be roti and, and curry, curry, and roti, and I, I don't care what he said after that. He had me, he had me at curry and roti, and so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna be there. I'm tired of this um, calf food. I need um, to, I need to 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 get some some good food, some home cooked food because I'm I'm actually from Maryland. I'm born and raised in Maryland, um, but the school's in Alabama, so I was far from home. And so I went over his house. What he failed to tell us <laughs> was that it was actually uh, a NAPS meeting. And NAPS is the National Association for the Prevention of Starvation. So it was actually an interest meeting um, for this mission group. And when I got there, I was like, dang, I've been bamboozled. Like, you know, he got me. Like, I got finesse. Like, this is, <laughs> I thought this is just for food, you know, sing a few songs and I'm out. And this is actually like a, mission meeting and um you know i couldn't I, I had to appreciate the food and i didn't want to just you know eat and leave so i was like all right let me stay for a bit and um i was kind of thrown aback because i was watching young people that were actually passionate about service and helping others not because you know they were you know being pressured to do it or because their parents were watching but it was just it seemed so natural and so so real authentic and so i was like all right well this is pretty cool um but i have no real intentions of being a missionary you know um y'all do you i'm gonna do me i'm gonna go back to you know the way that i've been doing things and so it ends up being where after the meeting they invite um us to go out uh, they invite like everyone who came to go the next day into this low-income community. So what happened, a little backstory on that, is that Alabama had just passed this law called HB 56, and it was basically um, aimed to target 
um, uh, like those who were um, illegal immigrants. And um, essentially what it was is like if they had caught you, if like they, they pulled you over or they, um, you know, interacted with you, the police, and they didn't, and you didn't have like your ID or, um, you know, proof that you were a state, um, a citizen, they would just deport you right away. And so um, a lot of, especially the um, Hispanic communities in the area were afraid to take their kids to school, to even go to the doctor because they didn't want to get separated from their families. Um, and so there was going to be a doctor that was going to go out to the, to the neighborhood to provide free care for them that next day. And so I was like, all right, well, since I'm here, you know, I think maybe this happened for a reason. So here's what I'm going to do. You know, I'm going to ask to see if there's space to go tomorrow. If there's no space, I'm done with this. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm really not, I'm, I'm really want no part of this. And of course there was space and I ended up going and we got there in the morning and it was just something magnificent. Like, uh, so when we first got there, you can, you can feel the tenseness. Like, you know, the people were like, were apprehensive like are they really here to help us or you know what is this really about um but as the doctor no no um she helped them help their needs um did the medical services that they needed you could just see that all the fear the worry it just changed to smiles and people were so thankful and it was just like a change that i, I like you just couldn't like it's like it just seems so fake like <laughs> like it was like going from one to the other, um, but it was real. You know, it was it was literally they were so thankful that, you know, that we had come all this way because we had traveled quite a bit to their area just to help them. And, and that's when I, I knew that, you know, I wanted to do the same thing. It's like a light went off in my head. Like, like God was like, this is what you need to do. And ever since then, I decided, you know, this is what. I want to do. I want to use medicine as a um, avenue to help underserved communities, to be able to help the underserved, help those who um, don't have access to um, good healthcare, and to be able to to um, to provide them with the care that they need. And that's been a passion of mine since that day. And I did decide to become a missionary. <laughs> Um, to my surprise, and um, through mission work, I was able to travel to six different countries on medical missions and um, did work in over 24 different states, um, visiting juvenile detention centers and schools, um, doing mentor mentoring um, and visiting different churches uh, and just kind of encouraging youth especially to to do something because um it's not necessarily about um, how much you can get done um, or the, you know, who can have the greatest impact. It's just about going out and helping someone, you know, because if we all had that idea, like, let's go out, let's make a difference, you know, whether it's through medicine or whether it's through any other avenue, let's actually go out and make a difference in, in the world and society. I just I can't, can't even imagine, you know, how much better of a world this would be. And, um, and that's one of the things that we did when we visited these different states as well, just kind of encouraged young people to, to not be so complacent, not be complacent, not to be comfortable, um, too comfortable that they can't 
see the person next to them that's hurting and that they can't, you know, make some sort of steps to 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 uh, make this world a better place. And so a lot of that um, was due to my family influence, just the, the idea of always giving back, always helping those who are less fortunate. Um, and yeah. Yeah. So um, continuing on somewhere. Um, yeah, this is about my, so I'll, that was just kind of the overview of the mission work that I did and, and things like that. And I learned so many lessons throughout that, just kind of, um, I was able to lead um, a, a quite a few missions. I was able to learn leadership skills and different things of that nature. Uh, but kind of just going through a little bit of the kind of year by year now of college and kind of now tra- transitioning into medical school. Um, so that was my freshman year when I actually just decided to join. Um, and I was so, you know, blown away by not just the work that we were doing, um, but, you know, just to see other young people that were so passionate about um, doing it, you know, and that kind of also motivated me to stay. And so they had this program called the Year of Dedication, um, where um, you actually take a year off from school to do missions. And so after my first year, I did a year um, of dedication and I went to Guyana in South America um, and did some medical mission work there um, and also just traveled across um, the States. And I was the leader of that team. Um, following that, I went to, I went back to school and, um, and following that second year, uh, my sophomore year, I did another year of dedication. So that's two years that I took off from school. And I can tell you that <laughs> family wasn't, the, wasn't too happy about that. Um, yeah, um, especially going back to what I was saying about being the pressures from being in the Caribbean home. They just kind of want you to, you know, focus on your education a little bit more, but, um, I just, my heart was just so broken for, you know, the state of the world. And I just wanted to help in the best way that I could. And um, sometimes I, I think that, you know, you just have to find the balance um, between, you know, because you can't help everyone and you can't, you know, stop. You can't always just stop what you're doing and, and go help people. But you just have to, um, I think what you have to do is just kind of learn when opportunities present themselves, you know, when is appropriate to take it and when not to. And that's kind of a, you know, that comes with experience. It also comes with personal discernment, you know, but I did feel that these, the opportunities that I would get with this organization, the National Association for the Prevention of Starvation NAPS, I just felt like I wasn't going to get it again and um, that it was the right time. So on my second year of dedication, um, I was able to chat. We were able to go to India and work with the African Indians there. Um, and, um, we were able to kind of do a lot more, do a lot of the work in the States as well. And it was on that year, I'm tying everything back in now with my mom. It was there during that year where basically while I was kind of helping people and, you know, doing all this work, I just felt like my mom was just getting worse and worse. Her memory was getting worse. Um, you know, the seizure medication wasn't working. And I, you know, I just kind of always braced myself for the worst, you know, like I could give bad news at any time. And um, so basically what I decided, um, I mean, so basically what the, um, her neurologist decided to do 
was um he basically said told her the um told her this that um you know I can keep upping your medication um but if I up it up anymore it's gonna it's gonna kill you um you need to get surgery um you need to have surgery and so you know that was super scary you know the fact that my mom was gonna have to have brain surgery and um I ended up taking a little bit of time off from the the mission and I went home to be with my mom during the time for her surgery. And um, that's when I kind of saw, you know, the real, the impact that medicine can really make because, you know, first of all, this surgeon, he knows how important um, that, um, that the hair is for a black woman, you know, and, you know, all women in general really care about their hair. Uh, but yeah, he, he only took off what, what he needed to take off, you know, when he was, um, um, taking off, I guess the hair that he needed to take for his work area. He didn't, he didn't, uh, make her go bald until she appreciated that. Um, and then, um, he basically said, look, I don't know if we take your insurance or not, but either way, I'm doing this surgery. And, um, you know, it was, you know, things like that, that really show me, you know, you know, as a doctor, you know, you're, 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 yes, you want to make money. And I think you definitely should get paid for the work you do, but you know, your, your greatest goal, your greatest satisfaction should be in the fact that you know that every day that you go to work, you're helping to save lives or you're helping to make someone's life better, you know, and I think that's the greatest satisfaction that you can have as a medical doctor. Um, and so she ended up doing the surgery and it was successful. And ever since then, she hasn't had any more seizures. Um, she was advised, um, by the medical team, but also by her fam, our family just to kind of take it easy. And since then, she hasn't gone back to the work that she was doing. She was a realtor and doing human resources work. Um, but she's, um, She's now um, just helps my grandmother um, at um, help, helps my grandmother and my grandparents basically with things that they need and running errands. And she takes it easy for sure. But I'm just happy that she doesn't have any more seizures and um, that she, her health is a lot better now. And um, and so with all that, I decided to, um, you know, continue with my journey of trying to be a medical doctor. And, uh, I decided that, you know, I, I had an interest. I realized, I guess I should say I had a special interest in trauma. Um, and I guess, you know, part of that has to do with my mom, you know, her injuries having to a lot of, you know, all the things that she suffered was due to a trauma. And, um, and I just feel like, um, uh, as a trauma surgeon, which is what I want to be, um, a trauma surgeon, I'll have the opportunity to help those in their dire moments, you know, who've experienced um, a, a very terrible situation and kind of stabilizing them and, you know, making sure that they're okay. And um, I wrote about all of this to um, in my personal statement to Loma Linda, and I applied and let them know about my mission work and, and everything. And what I'm about, and they decided to accept me. And so um, right now, I am a third-year medical student. I am 
that I'm preparing right now to take step one. So <laughs> those in medicine kind of know, you know, the stress that comes with that. Um, but, you know, you know, continue to keep me in your prayers or your hopes or more wishes as I um, continue on this journey. And um, in closing, I just wanted to kind of say a few things um, that I've learned along the way. Um, number one, I think there's a quote by Gandhi that I kind of try to live by. Um, that says, you know, the best way to, to, the best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service of others. And I just want to encourage you to, to never neglect service, no matter how busy life gets, tough life gets for you. You know, uh, it was very tough for me to be out there trying to help other people when I knew my mom was in such a terrible state, you know, but you just have to, um, realize that in the same way you would want someone to help your family or, you know, to, to help the people that are, that you care about, you know, if you couldn't be there, you know, that's, that's what you end up being. Like you are that brother or that sister, or that mother, that aunt, you know, for those other people who, who don't have it, you know, and that's an important thing. And so I just want to encourage everyone to, you know, always keep service as a part of your, your goals um, another thing I would say too that I've learned along the way is that it's it's definitely a journey. <laughs> um, and so, you know, burnout is real and you know, getting tired is real. And I think what really helps with that is, you know, part of it is service and, you know, giving back and reminding yourself why you want to do it. Um, why, you know, you started this in the first place, you know, what brought you to medicine. But, you know, I think part of you know, getting through the journey is also just being balanced. You have to do something else that's not medicine. You know, you have to, or studying, you have to go to the gym or, you know, go on a walk or play a sport. Whatever you do, read um, something that's not medically related, you know, whatever is going to refresh you. You need to do it because I think that balance is a key um, because the journey is so grueling and tedious and you know every other um adjective that you want to use you know it, it's that and so i encourage you to do that and lastly i just want to kind of say that i learned along the way is that we all have a different um we all have different skills and we all have a different purpose i believe and you know your your goal isn't necessarily to save the world but it's kind of it's just to bloom where you're planted, like wherever you are, whatever skill sets you have, whatever abilities, talents that you can give, um, use those to to better um, to make this world a better place. And I hope that, you know, this talk has been encouraging to you. And if you're discouraged right now, I really just want to say that I've had many discourage, discouraging moments throughout the way. And it's just, you know, reminding yourself of your calling reminding yourself of why you why you chose this field or you know what it would mean to uh, what it would mean to the the world if you you know are faithful and you go through and get these set of skills you know what it will mean to the world how much better this world will be if you um, push through you know and you know what 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 what, what, what will the world lose out on you know, if, if you decide to quit, you know, and so thinking of that and, you know, just uh, my my whole mindset is kind of just to do your best. You know, I can always say I can live with failure, but I can't live with 
saying I didn't give it my all. And so I think that just give it your best. And, you know, sometimes things don't work out. And just you have to accept that. And squeezing one more thing in there, um, one um, last principle that I kind of live by and that's brought me a long way is I believe you have to set goals. Um, another one of my um, favorite artists, um, <laughs> artists, um, authors, um, Ellen White, she basically has this quote in the book, in her book, Education, and she says, um, success in any line demands a definite aim. And I think that in order to be successful in whatever you do, you need to have an aim, you need to have goals, you need to work towards something. And so I encourage you to kind of, you know, have daily goals, yearly goals, whatever goals you need to have, just make sure you have goals so that you're working towards something each day. And um, continue the good fight, give it your best, and you guys will be great doctors um, if you aren't already. And if you are, you'll continue to be great doctors. And um, thank you for taking the time to listen, and I hope that you have a wonderful day. Student Dr. Gordon, thank you. That was amazing. The heart of a servant. There is no better title for this episode than that. The heart of a servant is what he has. Uh, a lot of great things in there. And, you know, you think back to how somebody becomes what they become. So how does he become a medical doctor? I know he's a medical student now, but he's on his way to becoming a medical doctor. And you just you hear it in the story. That's why I love this podcast, guys. You hear it in every one of our our guest stories. Just listen to his story. He talks about how his mom's seizure disorder impacted him. Talks about how his family had such a given heart and they were they were gave so much. One part that I particularly like is the story about the surgeon, how the surgeon spared as much of his mother's hair as possible. And then the surgeon goes on to say, Hey, I don't know if I if I even accept your insurance, but I'm gonna do this anyways. And those are the things that he remembers as he's telling the stories. Those those are the things that are shaping the type of doctor that student Dr. Gordon is going to become. So, you know, maybe this is for the physicians who are listening and the clinicians and the nurses and the leaders and the parents. Maybe this 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 is more for you guys. But just know that you're always being watched. You're always being watched. People are always, always, always watching you. I'll tell you, man, I I, I go out like I was at the gym the other day just working out. Somebody came up to me, hey Dr. Dale, da 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 black men and white coats, this and that. I'm like, that's pretty, that's, that's cool that people recognize the movement and such. But it just reminded me to know, hey, you are always being watched, right? People, if somebody's seen you in the hospital, they know you're a doctor, you're always being watched. And people like student Dr. Gordon, they see you and they either want to become like you, as in this case, or they want to become nothing like you, as in the case of many, many, many young black boys and others who walked away from the field of medicine. Right. And trust me, I talk to them. I know people come, they talk to me, say, yeah, I thought I wanted to be a doctor, but da 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 Right. And a big part of that is the impression that we put on our youth. So we need to have a positive impression the same way the surgeon had on student Dr. Gordon. So excited to have had you on this episode. Um, all of our episodes have been great. But the unique thing about this is it's very refreshing that's that heart of a servant because that's something that we always have to come back to in the field of medicine because as clinicians, we are given the duty, given the honor, given the privilege of caring for human life. And if you're not doing that with the perspective of a servant, you need not do it at all. Thank you, student Dr. Gordon, for reminding us of that. Thank you for your excellent story and thank you for the excellent position
that you will become. I hope you impact individuals the same way that surgeon impacted you. All right, family. So, hey, you know the drill. Please, please, please subscribe to the podcast. Rate it. Give us high ratings if you like it. But definitely make sure you please subscribe. Share it with all your friends, right? We need as many of our youth listen to this as possible. Share with the teachers, the schools, everybody. Just make sure people know about that podcast so we can get the word out. And I'm grateful. We've got a lot of cool stuff coming up here in the future. So make sure you're checking out the Black Men and White Coats website. A lot of really cool stuff we're about to roll out here. And again, thank you guys for supporting that Kickstarter. Love you guys. Have any questions? Hit me up, students. I am on diversemedicine.com. Send me a message anytime with any questions. Love you guys. Have a great day. Shh.